What's going on, guys? Welcome to the latest episode of Weighing In with Worm. I'm your host, Worm Buffelli, and I just want to thank you for joining me. Before we get started, are you looking to upgrade your mower? Are you needing a new snowblower for the upcoming wrestling season? If you are, go no further than Raider Outdoor Power. Located at 2580 Rockdale Road, the good folks at Raiders will make sure you are set up for this season to get your lawn looking like a pro-level golf course or to get that snow off your driveway so you can get on with your day. Stop out at Raiders today and they'll make sure you are set and ready to go. Coaches, are you looking for new warm-ups for your team? A fan shop? Something local and high quality? Don't waste any more time and email Jeremy at X-Grain Sportswear. Located in Piasta, Iowa, Jeremy will make sure you have custom mock-ups done fast and in high quality at a fraction of the price of the leading brands. Email Jeremy at x-grain.com today and let's make your mark. The running joke in wrestling is look good, feel good, wrestle good. And if you want to look good, stop and see my friend Anna at King's Cuts by Anna. Located in Dubuque, she is one of the best barbers in all around. She'll get you cleaned up, lined up, whatever you need to make sure you're feeling good, looking good, so you can wrestle good. Download the Booksy app today, search for King's Cuts by Anna, and schedule your appointment today. Tell her Jeremy sent you. Whether you're looking to restore rusty old metal parts to like new conditions or protect brand new components with durable, attractive, long-lasting finishes, Lane's Custom Steel, located in Benton, Wisconsin, can help with metal finishings and metal coatings, offering a full range of custom metal restoration using top-of-the-line powder coating techniques for individuals and businesses. Their powder coating process will help transform everything from automotive parts, outdoor furniture, to everyday household fixtures. Email Shaden at lanescustomsteel at gmail.com. That's L-A-N-E-Z custom steel at gmail.com. Now let's get started with Braden. All right, welcome back. Today we're interviewing Braden Burton. Braden was a state champion for West Dubuque High School. He was a three-time state qualifier. Uh, he finished his college career at 159 and 13. In college, he was a three-time CCIW Most Outstanding Wrestler, a five-time All-American, two-time NCAA champion. He's currently coaching at Milliken University and the owner of Big Blue Energy. Braden, what's going on, man? Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Man, I'm taking a drink of this Big Blue Energy drink right now, and it's pretty good stuff. Um, we'll get back to that in a second. I'm actually really curious about this, but that's a really good drink. Um, so, I've known your family for a long time. You know, you grew or you moved here what when you were like ten? Sixth grade. Sixth grade. So, so yeah, twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, wrestling's in your family. It's a big, big part of your family. Your dad was a national champion at Upper Iowa. Your brother Stefan was a national qualifier at Loris, and he also was a um, state runner up in Illinois. And then your brother Tristan was a state champ at Waller Catholic, yeah. and he was uh, and he wrestled at Milliken as well. So the family aspect obviously has been a huge part of your entire life, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. So you know, growing up was it? You know, it wasn't really the like your first first love by any means. No, I I actually kind of got forced into wrestling in high school, as well as college. Believe it or not, I wasn't going to wrestle in college uh, until the day I got a call from my dad saying, "Hey, you're signed up for classes at Milliken," and I was like, "Oh, okay." So I guess I'm going for it. And from there, he told me I had to join the wrestling team. I had to do it for at least a year. Same as in high school, said I had to do it for at least a year, and uh, ended up working out for me. Well, I remember when your dad first came to Dubuque, um, he was talking about, you know, his, his kids, and, you know, he talked right away about uh, Stefan was a quarterback for the football team, yeah. state runner-up. He was, you know, he wanted to go to the NFL. Braid, or Tristan was going to be, you know, his, his wrestling project, the oh, one yeah. that was going to be all this stuff. And then when it got to you, he'd go. He, I, I just remember this so vividly, he'd go, 
nah, Braden's my sweetheart. Yeah. Braden don't wrestle. Braden, I don't think Braden's going to wrestle at all. And, I mean, and like you said, you were kind of forced out to go off for wrestling your freshman year. And, you know, you as, as a freshman, you were 17 and 15 on JV. And that was in 2014 yeah. when your brother won a state title for yeah. Wallard. Uh, talk about that season. Uh, so before the season started, uh, I was not forced to do wrestling, but my dad told me I had to do something in high school. I had to be a part of some type of team or club. He didn't care what sport it was. Um, he didn't care what, what I was doing. He just wanted me to do something. I had done wrestling in the past, training with my brother or going to my dad's practices or stuff. Um, so it's not like I was completely blind to wrestling going in. But he said I had to do something, and wrestling was, like, the best option. I, I had nothing else to do, so. Yeah, you were pretty tiny. You weren't playing football yeah. or anything. No, you, I was, like, 85 pounds, and yeah. <laughs> I was small. Yeah. So, you know, your brother, Tristan, uh, the year prior to winning the state title, went to the J-Rob wrestling camp. Yeah. And for those who don't, don't know, the J-Rob camp, uh, it shut down a couple years ago, but in the early 2000s to about almost to about 2020, this was like the premier wrestling camp to go to. It was a 30-day high-intensity training camp. And I know when Tristan went, it changed him. He yeah. came back and, you oh, know, yeah. he went from a district qualifier to a state champ in a year. Yeah. That that after your after your freshman year, you went to J-Rob. Yes. I Talk about J-Rob. Yeah. Well, first of all, I I liked wrestling at the time after my freshman year, but I think I liked it so much because like my teammates and all my best friends were on my JV team with me. So we were always hanging out all the time. Um, and I kind of built that relationship with some of the athletes. But as far as like the love for wrestling, it wasn't really there. So J-Rob was like probably the worst 28 days of my life. I I don't know how many times I cried uh, and wanted to come home. But it was it was more than one time a day. Uh, and my dad my dad pretty much called me and said, we spent this much money on this camp. You're not coming home. Don't don't try to call my call your mom. So uh, so describe. I mean, just kind of give people listening just kind of like a normal day at J. Rock. Yeah, it was like uh, I would say ninety five percent of the days were like wake up at five thirty a.m. and go outside, line up. It's almost like a drill sergeant type camp. Go line up outside, and then you go do a run or a lift. Um, as soon as you're done with that, before like 7 a.m., you have to go eat. And by like 8.30, you're back to the wrestling facility, getting ready to wrestle. Um, that's an hour, hour and a half practice. Then you have to head back to the dorms, which this is like two miles away. So we had to walk back or whatever and still get time to take a nap, eat food. And then by 2 o'clock, we're back on the mats again, working out hard. And that's usually the hard practice of the day, live and a lot of mental stuff. Then you're getting back to the dorms after that, eating dinner, relaxing for a few minutes before your nighttime workout, which is anywhere from 8 to 10 o'clock at night. Uh, then you got to get back, shower, get any snacks you want, and be in bed because you got to wake up at 5.30 the next day. So, yeah. So uh, almost almost exactly like you said, a dr- like a boot oh, camp. Yeah, that's what that's what it felt like. And so... Was it, was it uh, I think if memory serves me right, isn't there like, at the end of it, you had to run like... Yeah. I don't know how many miles. I think it was like 15. I think they say it was 15, but a couple kids tracked it and it was longer than 15, like 18 miles. Oh, really? I think they probably lied to us about that. So That's crazy if you think about it. Because like, like you just said, like you were a JV kid who was 17 and 15, 
and you went off to J-Rob. Yeah. It and it was just like, it, it's crazy to me to think, like, for someone that barely liked wrestling to go do something where, like, you were probably at a, you were at a camp where, like, these kids are like, oh, I love wrestling. Yeah. I've been training my entire life. And you're like, oh, I'm, yeah. just here, I'm just here so I don't get fined, dog. Like, I, I always say, like, once I get to college and my mindset shifted, J-Rob would have been, like, my favorite 28 days of my life. Like, I would have loved it. I would have eaten it up. But oh. being an 85-pound scrawny kid, it wasn't very fun. Yeah. And then so, I mean, so that changed you a little bit. Well, not a little bit, a lot. Yeah. Because you're, the next year, your sophomore sophomore year, you qualify for the state tournament, 113 pounds. You'll, you'll lose in the blood round of the state tournament. Yeah. You know, talk, I mean, literally... 17 and 15 to blood around the state your you know right. your sophomore year and it wasn't even like you had like this like really spectacular season I don't think you were just just plugging away and winning matches you're like yeah see like for every two or three matches you win you take an L couple you know get a couple three matches going take an L but yeah. it was all part of the process and you know so your sophomore year again you also still have a brother at another school at the same weight. Yeah. And we've always kind of, like, there was always kind of that, like, West Dubuque and Waller rivalry of, like, wanting to do what we never did. Uh-huh. And we, I, as a coach, I was like, that would be really fun be to watch. Yeah. To watch Tristan and Braden wrestle. And we used to poke Tristan all the time, be like, bro, I think Braden could beat you. Yeah. I could be, I think, we, and that would just light a fire under his ass and be like, no, that's not happening. And then right. all of a sudden, like, he'd finish practice like 10 times harder than when he started. So, so yeah, uh, talk about your sophomore year a little bit. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, like you said, it wasn't anything extraordinary. It wasn't anything for the Iowa record books, but I, I think I had just at 40 wins, um, still a large amount of like 13 losses. I believe I don't remember what that record was, but I mean qualifying for state was sweet. Um, I did. I remember the match I lost was to uh, Brendan Baker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was a stud. Yeah, uh, and uh, he's a, like I think he's a four time placer. He's a real good wrestler, and I lost to him eight to six in the. And at the time, I didn't even know what the blood round was. Like I just knew I was supposed to go out there and wrestle. Mm-hmm. Paul, Paul, or Coach Cleary was like, "Let's go. We're going to wrestle the next match." And Coach Loy, and that was. That's what I did. And mm-hmm. I didn't really think of it the same way I did by my senior year of college. Uh, but the season was really good. I I don't know how much better I got between my freshman and sophomore year or if it was just more of a confidence thing. Because um, how much better can you really get in one year at wrestling? I mean, JV to almost state placing seems like a stretch, but I think I had it. It's like in the blood, obviously. I had the skills. I just... I was too afraid to pull the trigger. I didn't work hard in practice because I was just able to goof around with my friends my freshman year. So mm-hmm. my sophomore year when Coach Loy really started focusing on me um, and I really did start hammering down on the finer details, uh, I was able to qualify. And I, and I think, you you know, obviously I think going to J-Rob obviously like yeah. – is going to hit, you know, that's going to break the confidence bank with a shovel. Yeah. And if you're, Definitely. if you like at the end of the day, it's like, no, I, I survived J Rob. Like I, Oh yeah. I, I, should be... I thought that sometimes. Yeah. I was like, dude, I barely survived J Rob, but I was able to do J Rob. And if I can't do these high school practices, I mean, I, or, or win these high school matches. Right. Yeah. So then, but then your junior year, you come in you're having a great season, yeah. rough state tournament, man. Oh, and two. And, that I mean, mentally, that's got to be a huge slap in the face. Yeah, 
it was, I don't remember what I was ranked going into the state tournament, but it was one of those that like, there's no way there's eight kids better than me type situation. Um, I wasn't competing for a state title that year. I think I had like Jack Wagner, Adam Brown, um, a couple other studs still in that bracket. So realistically, I wasn't on the level to win it, but I was a fourth through eight kind of kid. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what happened. I had a great season, 40 something wins, less losses, uh, a big step up from the year before. I beat a lot of ranked wrestlers. And then all of a sudden at state, I just kind of froze and (laughs) oh, two. Yeah. I, I mean, I do, I do remember, you know, hate to bring this up, but I just remember like watching that match and like at one point in the break, like coach Lloyd looked at you and he was like, what are you doing? And I just remember like just being like, oh man, this is this is frustrating to see just because it's like like you said you were having a great year yeah. and you know the blood round is or, or, well second on the backside it's just it's such an emotional roller coaster because it's like you can't make a mistake yeah you have to wrestle your best match just to get on to the next day, um, but between your junior and senior year, you and your buddies started this group called the Basement Boys. <laughs> Basement Boys, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about those guys. Yeah, the, it was. Uh... We actually like recruited as many kids as we could to make it kind of a bigger deal. But I mean, we had some talent in that group between some of these debut kids um, that were doing it. I mean, Max Lyon was in it, and everybody knows Max is a beast. Aaron Costello at the time was a state finalist. Um, me, I mean, we technically tried to claim like Tristan and Turner and Dudek and all those guys. I don't know if they really. Embraced our, it. Yeah. But then Jackson Healy was in that group Jackson, too. Jackson Tom. Uh we had Mason Lyon from Bellevue. He's a couple times state qualifier. We had a lot of good guys and even some local debut kids that uh maybe don't have such a high name. We're joining it just because it was a it was a fun idea. Yeah. But we were literally training in my basement on my dad's wrestling mat that he bought us. So Yeah. Basement and, boys. and the thing about the basement boys, which is, you know, I'm I'm gonna talk about this for a while because actually like this is like for me, even being like an outside perspective, I thought this was so cool. So I'm just off the top of my head, you know, like I said, you know, Max was Max, you know, yeah. two-time state champ, four-time placer. Um, Jackson Healy, you, and Aaron Costello, Yeah. You, all your dads were all Americans in college. So it wasn't like, you know, you had a group of dads that were leading you blind. Like you yeah. had, you literally had your dad who was a Division three head coach. Leo Costello is an NCAA finalist, and Rick Healy is a seasoned coach for the last 20-some years. Yep. And I'm going to be interviewing him for uh, here uh, coming up. But it's like, man, like you guys had like a, like a, a super club in your, in your basement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and one thing that I thought was super cool that year was like, so you went 0-2 at State, but it was like the weekend after you were at Corn Cobb Nationals. Yep. And then the week after that, you're in Charles City. It was like you, Aaron, Max, and Jackson, like piling in a car every weekend. Pretty much. And you were like, your goal was to. I mean, I felt like you probably probably got a hundred matches in between your junior and right. senior year, we, and without going to Fargo. Yeah, we yeah we weren't really big on the freestyle scene. Um, I still have no idea how to do freestyle. I'm trying to pick it up for maybe next uh, spring, but we didn't do the freestyle necessarily to win. I mean, you always want to win, but. It was a way for us to continue the season. And like you said, Max, Aaron, Jackson, um, there's a couple others, Tom and all those guys. We were just hanging out every day, training after school. Um, we, I think it was that season, Jackson as well, a couple guys, we all went to Disney Duels. Um, so we were just... We were just really having fun, just getting after it. So And, and for me, like that's like always been a really 
some in wrestling that not a lot of people talk about. Yeah, you, you talk about the grind and you talk about, you know, oh, I, I went to Fargo. I did all these things, all this stuff. But I still think some of my favorite memories as a, as a wrestler growing up too was like getting my buddies to go with me to a freestyle tournament, yeah. loading up in a car and driving up to like MFL Marmac or like right. Charles City. And it's, and it's literally you and yeah. four of your high school buddies driving together. And, and at 16, 17, yeah. that's the coolest thing on the planet Every to do. weekend. Too. Yeah, every, every weekend. There's a freestyle tournament. Every weekend from like two weeks after state until Fargo, yeah, yeah, however long. And so, and then your senior year, man. So because of the Basin Boys, obviously, you guys had a dog team your senior year. It was unfortunate, yeah. But it's so weird. I mean, it's so weird because I mean, think about it. You, you were, or we had three state champs on that team. You, Max, and Aaron, and there was no trophy. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that just shows how deep 3A is, you yeah. know, with Waverly, SEP. Um, let's talk about state senior year. I mean, obviously, your your senior year across the board, your goal was to throw up as many points as possible. Yeah. You, were, you were wanting to set some tech ball records, yeah. I'm pretty sure. That was me and Coach Lloyd's uh, goal, pretty much, was have as much fun as possible and score as many points as possible. So, Well, and we'll talk about your style in a little bit because, you know, I think that's kind of, you know, score as many points as possible. And how, your style is very, very oriented towards that. But state tournament senior year. Yeah. Uh, you were walking in with one mission. Shoot. Yeah, win a state title. We were... Were you ranked number one going in? I was ranked number two or three. I don't I don't know who was two and three, but I think it kind of... I don't know if I ever passed uh, Jake Waters from one of those Des Moines or Dowling schools. Um, I think I was probably number three. And then there was Lance Runyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeVos was number one and then me and Lance met in the quarterfinals uh, it was a dogfight match but I think if I was in college I would have had like six minutes of riding time well no it's a six minute match five minutes of riding time I think there was a first takedown and as I was scoring the takedown he kind of got a bloody nose and like halfway stopped a little and was like oh bloody nose but they still gave me the takedown um I didn't think anything of it, but rode him out that whole period. He went bottom, rode him out the whole entire second. I turned him with like two seconds left in the period. And then the whole third, I rode him out until like five seconds left. He reversed me. I just kind of went parterre and I won four to two. And then semifinals, I wrestled Trenton Wintermark from Cedar Rapids Prairie, who I've wrestled like 15 times. I pinned him early in the year in like a minute. And I was like, sweet, I'm going to the finals. And he took me down right away. I reversed him, scored near fall, scored near fall. And then I didn't know until college how to like win properly. So I just kind of coasted the rest of the match and stalled. And 12 to 10 was the final. Same, same in the finals. I think at one point I was up like 13 to 3. Um, if technically, I think he reversed me right after. But it was 13 to 3 for at least a few seconds. And that's a pretty big lead mm-hmm. in the state finals. And I think the final was like 14 to 10. So it was crazy. Yeah, and that I mean, obviously, that's just a huge emotional roller coaster. I know you know you had Coach Lloyd and Coach Cleary in your corner, and I know Coach Lloyd was super excited, yeah. obviously, with you because you guys went on that journey together. Um, we're gonna take a quick break on the ads here. Uh, when we get back, college, we'll get after that. So we'll be right back. 
All right, we want to grab a quick break here with Braden to mention our great sponsors at Raider Outdoor Power. Whether you're looking for mowers, snowblowers, garden tractors, or UTVs, the great people at Raider Outdoor Power will have you covered. Stop in at 2580 Rockdale Road, and one of their great sales staff will set you up with the best equipment and top-of-the-line service you can expect from a company who has helped Dubuque County area since 1957. Stop out at Raiders today. With wrestling and all other sports, injuries happen. But have you ever considered an all-natural way to aid in those injuries? Lori Gravel from Hoppiness on the Hill can help you get the products you need to get over those pains in an all-natural way. Lori owns and operates her own hops farm in Otter Creek, Iowa. The hops she picks are then made into medicinal products. These medicinal products, like the Hopped Up Oil or the Hoppy Bod Deep Muscle Rub, can help with nerve pain, muscle pain, joint pain, arthritis pain, headaches, migraines, bone-on-bone pains, and so many more. So give Lori a call today at 563-590-2277 and tell her worm sent you. She'll give you a 10% discount off your first order. There's a reason powder coating has such a great reputation for strength, durability, and beauty. It can transform metal surfaces into long-lasting finishes, able to withstand heavy use and harsh environmental conditions. At Lane's Custom Steel, they have been offering custom powder coating solutions to businesses and individuals since 2019. Their skilled team of professionals are dedicated to providing you high-quality finishes that will last you for many years. Contact Shaden at lanescustomsteel at gmail.com. That's L-A-N-E-Z steel at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, we're back with Braden Burt. Um, so you won a senior state title, and then you said, "No go." I'm I'm done. Yeah. I'm I'm done. I'm done with wrestling. Wrestling was fun, but it's time to go off and go just go to school, right? Like it was- I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I actually had no plan up until like midway through summer. Um, I had no plan for college, anything, and then my dad said, "I got you signed up for classes, so get down here and register or whatever." And at that point, I just I had to do it. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I think, what, you won state at 38. 32. 32. Yeah. And then, you know, you didn't want to cut weight. Or your dad didn't even want you to cut any weight. So he his plan was a 57-pounder. And you showed up at 157 pounds. Or, well, what did you show up college at, Rob? When I first got to college, I was only 141. Oh, really? Yeah. And then I wrestled 49. And I never lifted weights before. Uh, I did like burp plate stuff my senior year, which is what really elevated me. But I didn't really lift weights until I got to college. And that whole fall and spring, I lifted. And like, I was like 141. And he's like, you can't go 41 because Chris is there. Chris is a four-time All-American. You're not beating him. I wasn't cutting down to 33 because I didn't want to cut weight. And uh, I got up to like 161 before the national tournament my freshman year cutting down to 149 like that growth in one season was insane well I, w- I always heard this rumor too that you were on you were on a mcdonald's diet yeah is that, that that's true it, it was 100 true i was on i call it the we had this thing called bulk gang like bulking at all times and even like now i all through college i was on a bulk diet just eating as much as i can because i worked out so much mm-hmm. it was impossible to keep uh enough calories in so, yeah, my freshman year, it was like every morning for breakfast, I ate McDonald's, and then at one point throughout the day, it was another meal at McDonald's. But What was your go-tos? For breakfast, I would get like the McGriddles, uh-huh. um, <laughs> and then lunch it would pretty much, or lunch or dinner would pretty much be as much food as I could for cheap, so McChickens and, uh, what are they, the the McDoubles, the whatever the $2, the ones are. Yeah. So, I actually have not touched or gone into a McDonald's since 
my uh, national tournament my freshman year. It's a mental thing at this point. Oh, yeah. Because, I just can't do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if if you were to tell like, any other wrestler, like, hey, like I'm on a McDonald's diet, they'd be like, oh, man, that's so lucky. Now yeah. you're like, no, no, I hate this thing now. Yeah. I, I think it's a mental block. Like, I nutritionally, I don't watch what I eat. I will eat anything except for McDonald's. I just... I You'll treat, go to any other fast food place. Yeah, Wendy's. Last night I had Wendy's. I was going to say, what's your go-to fast food spot? I usually go to Wendy's. And okay. I get a couple of the biggie bags or whatever they are. Dave's Doubles, man, are my go-to yep. there. Um, so you were you were at Milk in your freshman year. Your brother – were both brothers there at the time? Stefan had just graduated. Stefan just graduated. Yep. And then – but Tristan was there too. Yep. And – I actually called him yesterday and we were talking a little bit about this interview and he wanted me to bring up this story that, you know, I might be getting you guys in trouble, but it's just a really funny story. I think was like, your dad did not want you guys working out together No, because you guys, he was afraid that you guys were going to let all your brother issues out and yeah. someone get hurt. And for a while you guys were, you know, your training and everything was going right. Yeah. What about that one practice where oh, he knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say this, no one else would. But we play this game called the foot sweep game. Mm-hmm. So you're not allowed to shoot on somebody. Like the only way you can take someone down is with a foot sweep. Yeah. So it's a lot of hand fighting and moving. It's actually a really awesome drill to do. Yeah. It uh, sounds... teaches you to wrestle with your feet and losing weight. It's beautiful in a hot room. Um, and I went to foot sweeping. And I mean, you know, everybody knows his knees. And he's like a weak, skinny, not weak. He's a, a skinnier, scrawny kid. So his limbs are a little looser. And I went to foot sweeping and he jumped over my foot and his knee pretty much like gave in and he just like, I have a video of it. He bent to the ground backwards and my dad was like turned around watching another group and he got up like halfway crying and we ended up just like ear to ear hand fighting. He's like, dude, do not tell coach Bert that I just got hurt because he would kill us. So we just laughed and he halfway cried the rest of practice. That's funny because it, it was. Well, he like legit said, he was like, he goes, dad didn't want us to work out together. And then all of a sudden we're both hurt and we're both like, let's just act like we're not hurt. We're yeah. going to push through this. Yeah. Um, so your style of wrestling, dude, we're going to talk about your breakout season here. Like your freshman year was breakout season. Your style of wrestling, I have started to refer to as a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> like if someone's playing the Rubik's Cube and they have this strategy of like, oh, this is how I'm going to beat this. Yeah. The more they try, the harder it's going to get for them. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, as your college career progressed, I definitely felt like guys would like try to be like, oh, I'm going to beat him here. And you'd beat him right. at that position. Where did that all come together? I mean, honestly. Was it a swagger or was it just like, no, I just figured out like I'm good here. Right. And- well, I, going into like my junior and then I say – my first season, senior and second senior season because COVID. Uh, but going into those years specifically, it was a bit more of a swagger, confidence type thing. Like, I know I'm better than you. And it just made me that much better. Um, but my freshman year, it was uh, survive. <laughs> I was not very good on my feet. You can watch me wrestle. I got a lot of takedowns, but it was because I could scramble. And so I relied so heavily on top that I knew I could turn anybody. And I actually don't know if there was a single match except for my semifinals against Cross Canone uh, at regionals that I didn't turn somebody all season. And so I just, I had to survive, especially being in that room with Tristan and Chris and all those guys. 
they turn me into a man quick. And so, yeah, a confidence thing, uh, top, being good at top in college is, it's a lot more, mm-hmm. uh, dominant than people think. Neutral is awesome, but like everybody's good on neutral, you yeah. know, so. And, 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 you know, there's always that mentality of like, go on bottom, get your one. Yeah. And you can't ride me type stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can't ride. And it's like, no, like know what you're good at. Like right. if you're good on your feet, why, why waste a minute right. and a half on bottom trying to get one point or and sometimes it takes a minute and a half and you end up giving up a riding time yeah. point anyway. So you're, you know, you're no better off where you started, yep. but your freshman year, all American year, yeah. 38 and five takes seventh. Like that, that I know personally that I don't think that was supposed to happen. Like that wasn't a part of. I don't think that was part of Coach Burt's plan. Not, I don't yeah. think that was part of your plan. I don't think it was part of anyone on the radar's plan for you to all American as a freshman. Not, not to start uh, beginning of the season again. I wanted to be JV. Like I wanted Tristan to have the spot because I didn't really want to wrestle or commit to it. And as I progressed and started winning and winning, I think I had two losses going into the regional tournament, and they were both fluke losses, like kids that I ended up pinning or teching. So really, I was like. And I don't know how, but I was dominating everybody. And I had a couple, like, really, really big, like, I think I teched, like, the fifth kid in the country at National Duels. And at that point, I was kind of like, okay, if you're teching this kid, you're competing with anybody. Um, And I would say it wasn't supposed to happen, but I was also the four seed at the national tournament and could have competed to win a national title that year. At least could have competed to be top three. I, I teched the kid who took third. I teched the kid who took fourth. Uh, Pen the kid who took eighth. So like, I was better than some of those kids. It's just bad matches here, bad matches there at the national tournament. It's the national tournament. National anybody. tournament and, you know, you're 18 at the time. Yeah, I was young. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember so, the lights. I mean, the lights are bright. Yeah. You know. It was nerve-wracking, especially at the NCAA tournament. You walk around and see, like, grown men, like, Dudes with hair popping out of their singlet, like their chest is just guys that are almost like twenty five. Yeah, like, yeah. Tech. A couple of them have a couple right. of them have kids and are like got a mortgage Literally. already. And Literally. so yeah, but then so moving into your sophomore year, you know, a pretty good season, twenty nine seven, take sixth. Yeah, go up the rung. It was your sophomore year, the year where you're like, the pieces are coming together. Just got to keep chipping away, or was it like, no, nah, this was a yeah. I I think. Sophomore year, oddly enough, was kind of like a bridge year. Like, it was kind of coasting off from freshman year. Um, and I don't know if many people realize it, but that 157-pound weight class my sophomore year was insanity. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you had – the kid who won it was Ryan Epps, who was just almost made a world team mm-hmm. in Greco. It was one match away. Uh, Antoine Pugh, at the time – I know the end of his career wasn't probably what he wanted, but uh, at the time – he was up 8-1 to one on Ryan Epps before he got DQ'd out from stalling. Like, he was a dog. And I wrestled him earlier in the year and lost 5-4. to four. Third place was Cross Canone, returning NCAA champ. Mm-hmm. Fourth place was Brandon Murray, uh, beast from Loris College. Like, my kryptonite. He beat me three times yeah. in college. I, I don't know why I couldn't. There was figured out. There was one like not throw shade. It just seemed like whenever you wrestled Loris, like you just had a tough time. Yeah, like, it was. Well, were you was, Owen? Like I hate. I, I, I. I'm not. This is not a diss no. or anything because you know how deep I am with Loris. But like you were like your career, all time career. Like you're like one in. I think two, two or three. Uh, my but yeah, for my first three years, I was zero and four. I lost to 
Murray three times that season, three of those seven losses. He just had my number. He was he was dominating me. Uh, there was one takedown, I remember, like, it looked like you landed right smack on your head. Yeah, like. he, yeah. he big brother me a couple times, uh, especially at the NCAA tournament. I think he took me down four times in the first period, and then not another point was scored the entire match. Uh, um, but then I lost to Eddie Smith my junior year. That was my last college loss. And that was another one that I was like, I feel like I'm better than him. I'm going to go out there, dominate. I had a good week of practice. And then he took me down, put double boots in, and I just froze. It was kind of like being at home. And I I don't know, maybe I froze up when I wrestled Loris kids because I could have been a Loris kid, you know. Uh, I wasn't, but if my dad was there, you never know. Yeah. So. No, and I and I get it. I mean, it's it's... It's weird. I mean, you could almost say that Loris, the institution, is a big brother. Yeah. You know, you grew up in that room. You grew oh, up. You all know, the time. You know, you were the. You know, your dad was a coach there. So I mean, as as weird as it sounds, you know, the institution even is yeah. like you know that big brother mentality of like, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are. Like they just had that your number. It seemed yeah. like, and but obviously in the, like in I think your junior senior year you blew right past them and was like. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, I took I took some big steps. Yeah. After that, and so, twenty twenty this year this year hurts a lot of people because yeah. you were thirty six and one. Your only loss was to Eddie Smith. Yep. You were ranked second in the country. You show up to the NCAA tournament. You're getting a warm up in, yep. and the world shuts down. Yeah. It was. was I mean, twenty four hours of my life. Yeah. Like, let's talk about it for a little bit. Okay. Uh. So pretty much. I had a great end to the season. Uh, I, I didn't avenge my loss against Eddie, but I was head over heels better than I was and had some common opponents. Uh, wish I would have wrestled him. I think it would have been an awesome match in the regional finals, but uh, obviously some things went wrong in the semi, so I ended up wrestling the Wartburg kid, um, and I ended up teching him, which unfortunately was the last match that season. I wish I would have gotten to wrestle at Nationals, but... I mean, things were, like, going for me. I actually had zero doubt in my mind, as well as a lot of other people. I'm not sure what thoughts were around here, but a lot of other people that I was I was going to make the finals and I was going to beat Hatch or Jeske or whoever uh, made the finals on the other side. I had full faith. Or Smith, if he made it as well. But, uh, yeah, I was warming up. I think it was, like, 2 or 3 p.m., maybe a little bit later on the Thursday before the wrestling tournament. And I think there's like, six guys in the arena throughout the six mats, uh, warming up. I was wrestling with Chris. I had like four coaches there watching me just wrestle because I wanted to do my weight loss at that time. And, uh, you just heard on the intercom that the NCAA tournament is canceled effective immediately. Please clear the mats. And it just like, for lack of a better analogy, like the world ended. You know, like that was everything to me. The best, the best uh, description I heard about the D three national tournament because at first, like you know, like that week, things were getting really hot with COVID. Everyone yeah. was like getting super nervous about it, and there was talk that like, hey, it's just gonna be parents only. Yep. Um, then it also it was like gonna be no fans, and then which would have been cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, you no, need to wrestle. Yeah, and and I I looked at it. I mean, obviously in hindsight, twenty twenty, I still think we could have ran that tournament Definitely. everything would have been fine but you know obviously it was a complete unknown so we had we had to adapt yeah. and go but one of the best descriptions i think when people ask about or talk about that that ncaa tournament was john aurelian uh loris assistant coach at the time goes 
It's like reading the best book you've ever read in your life. Yeah. And then right as you're getting to the last chapter, someone takes the book and sets it on fire. Right. Well, and Loris, I mean, being a Loris person, Loris was in the run for a national title. Yeah. Year. Um, and it, they had some dogs. I was excited to see how Loris did. I don't think we had a chance to compete for a title, but it was between me, uh, Logan, Taylor, and Zach, all dogs. We had a chance to be competing for that top five, top six spot. So we were excited as well, but yeah, I was, I really wanted to see Loris beat one of the Bergs. Oh man. It was, I mean, it was such a, like, it was such a great year and I obviously, but like, I I feel obviously so bad for you, like you're as the athletes. Cause it's like, you were lucky because you were like a, you know, I think it was your junior yeah. year. Yeah, I got two more years. Yeah, out you got of two it. years out of it. But like guys Those who were years. like, you were going in as a senior and like, so some of these guys were their first trip to the national tournament right. and you're from different schools and all of a sudden it's just like, nope, sorry. Yeah. Like nothing you can do about it. And so then the next year, um, you got, they didn't have the NCAA tournament. No. They said D1 could have one, but D2 and D3 decided not to do one. Yeah. So the National Wrestling Coaches Association decided, hey, we're going to host a national tournament. Right. Your whole team can come. You're, you're starting 10. Yeah. I think you probably got nose swab probably more times than... It's terrible. Yeah. Like, every, like I was told every time that you walked in and out of the doors, yep. you got nose swabbed. Which, I mean, I get it. Safety first. It was huge. Yeah. Let's talk about that COVID year. You know, that COVID year was really probably like one of the weirdest times ever. Well, before they announced the free year of NCAA eligibility uh, for everybody, I was actually not in school that fall. I was taking the whole year off uh, to prepare for my senior season uh, because I was like, I only got one more season. I'm going for it. Uh, So I took, I was taking that whole year off and literally like November when they uh, instated that rule of the free eligibility we went and signed up for classes for second semester and i was like let's go win a title and then they changed it from ncaa to nwca which they i just say i'm a two-time national champ whatever i I dude i look i I, i'm actually for that i because i don't know sick well yeah because you can't i mean i don't care what anyone says if you're inviting the entire ncaa d3 it was at their prerogative to come. I think yeah. a couple teams weren't allowed to come, but I mean that's here nor there. But if you're bringing in your entire team, and all of a sudden that bracket's what? Uh, it was thirty-two man. A thirty-two man bracket yeah. with, you know, everyone. And you know, you can't say, "Oh, I had a bad regional tournament. I'm out." No, like right. this is put your chips on the yeah. table, and we're gonna go to war. You ran oh, through yeah. that tournament. Yeah, it was. I mean, I can't say it was as tough as a NCAA tournament would have been. But, I mean, I, I think there's one guy missing, like Grant Zaman. I love the kid. He's a assistant coach at North Central now. He uh, was supposed to wrestle at that weight. I don't remember if he was my weight class or the weight class below. Um, but I think we were supposed to both wrestle at the NWCA National Tournament. We were pumped. We were like, we're going to see each other in the finals. We're going to put on a show. It's going to be awesome. And then his school wouldn't let him, unfortunately. But other than those two, I think Zane Mulder, the Warburg kid at mm-hmm. the time, was the second or third best kid. Um, so, I mean, going out there and wrestling him, I was like, okay, I this is a realistic national finals. So, it was cool. I just, it gets a lot of hate for being NWCA, but I Who mean, cares? 20 years from now, 
they're going to call you a national champ right. regardless. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. You can't please everybody. Yeah. And so moving into your senior year, full season, yeah. no restrictions, the floodgates are open, yeah. and you have a dog season. Yeah. 42-0. You bonus the entire season, right? No. I had one really okay. bad match. So you, so, okay. So you bonus 41 out of 42 matches. Uh, during the so, – so two – I decisioned in the semis. So, and I'm not going to play excuses with any of these, but I was like really sick at national duels and Coach Burt was going to pull me and I was like, I'm one of those that it's like, dude, it's my senior season. I'm wrestling every match. And props to the kid for showing up, but I went down like 10 to 2 on a Johnson and Wales kid. I don't know what I was doing. I was doing like desperation from the start Mm because I was just out of it. And he was smart. He took it to me, went up 10 to 2 and I... Chose top in the second, turned him a couple times. I got a takedown with like five seconds left to win the match, uh, 11 to 10. I wish that match never happened, uh, but it, it's kind of exciting, you know? Uh, it kind of takes the dominance away that I was showing all season, but it also showed like everybody, like you're human, like it happens to anybody. Um, not to try to put myself on a pedestal at all, but it shows like anybody on my team, like, okay, if Braden can lose, or get close to losing, I'm capable of beating anybody. So I was kind of happy it happened afterwards. Still not going to say I wish it happened, but um, in the semis as well at nationals, I, again, that kid was a stud, uh, Lackman. He ended up making the finals this last year, one of the twins. I wrestled him and like 30 seconds in the match, tore my LCL and meniscus. And I was like, could barely walk. I don't think I took a shot the rest of the match. I won five to one, um, which I'm, Again, happy with. I just was on the pinning, teching spree, and that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. Yeah. So it was kind of like frustrating. You you were trying to make that run for a D three or a Hodge Trophy. Yeah. Contention was, in D three. Right. That was sick. Yeah. Um. So you got named outstanding wrestler, yeah. and you ended up being one of I think what one of three father son duos. Who, I don't know the number, but yeah. Yeah. Who both have national titles. Yeah. You know, if if you guys go on. If you guys go on YouTube and watch the little video they do of uh, Braden winning a national title, you see your dad just breathe, breathe, but also just like almost explode with pride. Yeah, obviously, like that was again, this wasn't supposed to happen for you, right? Like this wasn't the plan for you, and all of a sudden, like you made that plan, yeah. and it was like almost like no, yeah, I got this. And so, obviously, ton of emotion. I did not know about the injury. Yeah. So I don't seeing your, I was like, so seeing your celebration yesterday, like watching, rewatching that, and seeing your celebration now, knowing that, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world, right? Because it's like it's slow. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's not that. It's just like there was like you let out a giant primal scream. Yeah. And then like you were like almost laying on the mat yeah. afterwards in tears. Yeah. And. I don't know if that was pain or that was no, just I, elation of like, wow, look, like I did this with right. a blown out knee. It was a little bit of everything. Yeah. I, I did not feel the pain. Uh, I mean, I'm not too proud to admit it. You can ask anybody back there, any of the other teams. I was like bawling my eyes out up until about 15 minutes before the match just because I was trying to wrestle with Chris to warm up. I couldn't step on my leg. Uh, I couldn't throw a boot in on top. It was just hurting too bad. And Coach Burt's like, we're going to have to change the game plan. And I was like, no, I'm just going to have to suck it up. 
And so we were just like, we prayed and just said, whatever happens, happens. It's God's plan. Uh, but we're going to go out there and give it our best shot. And as soon as they announced my name, I, I had this, it was like overwhelming sense of like calmness. Mm-hmm. Like it was the least calm I've ever been for a wrestling match, which is weird to say your yeah. last ever NCAA match. And I just was not nervous. I was just, and I just ran out there, didn't feel anything, jumped on the stage to kind of like prove to myself that I could do it. Mm-hmm. And my leg didn't affect me the entire match. So I was very grateful for that. Whatever, if the prayer worked, if adrenaline kicked in, but, uh, I, I really didn't feel the, until I got off the stage and then I bent my knee and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's throbbing. So, yeah. So right now I'm taking a big old swig out of this, uh, big blue energy drink that you made me this morning. Yeah. How'd this start? Yeah, uh, it was kind of a weird situation. I got pulled into a different business indicator. Me and my brother started like a energy drink smoothie shop. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some around here too. Yeah, and I, I hated it. I didn't like the business. I didn't like uh, what came with it uh, or the corporation we were getting our product from. So I went out and like worked with some people, some companies to make my own energy drinks. Uh, and I guess it's one of those things that. You get really lucky and things worked out for me and we've just progressed it from there yeah so like how, like so how do you like just just give me a like a rundown of like what it takes for you because like obviously i i know the company that you that you formerly worked for yeah. let's not even give them a shout no. on this like they don't Boom. deserve it yeah. yeah so like so where does like the development in r&d come from like is it was it just like something like you just Bumped into someone or... Um, so I literally took the in- ingredient lists of the other company's uh, product and basically worked with two other little companies and said, like, this is what they have. How can we make this and make it better? And uh, it's kind of our business secret as far as our private label companies mm-hmm. and whatnot. But our distributors and stuff, we don't... I mean, I guess if you really want to know, we would tell a customer if they needed to know. But... Um, it's just one of those things that it works out for a small business, helping out a small business. And we're currently working with a big, big business to start producing, mass producing our product, uh, potentially bottling or canning it. So we're trying to like slowly take steps. I mean, that's no promises, but, uh, I'm really satisfied with where we're at right now. I just want to, I want to keep growing, Mm -hmm. take over. Yeah. So like, it's not a, I mean, obviously it's not a health center or anything like that. It's just a straight, you're doing an energy company, drink company. Yep. And going after it's, it. Yeah. It's it's really just fun. It's exciting because I can do whatever I want. I can make anything. I can meet other, anybody I want, produce any product I want, and no one can stop me. So mm-hmm. <laughs> where, where can you get this at? Uh, BigBlueEnergyDrinks.com is where you can order like the packet that I brought you. Mm-hmm. Um, we give you cups. We give you everything you need but ice and water. Um, or you can check us out in Decatur at Big Blue Energy Drinks. We have a storefront. And then, actually, if you're up in Northeast Iowa, just as of yesterday, Delaney's in um, Farley, Iowa, now is a hub of Big Blue Energy drinks. So they will be serving our drinks. They just started. People are loving them. So if you want to try those out before you order online or if you just want to try it out sometime, 
mm-hmm. stop out to Farley. Yeah, I'm very excited. I I'm, I got a you made me a peach mango one before we started, and I got a watermelon strawberry one here, and I'm actually really excited to try this one as yep. well. I mean, I am I'm rolling right now on this thing. <laughs> um, all right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I always end my show with one question. Fair pair of wrestling shoes you ever wore. Ooh, uh, Nike Freaks. Okay, you're a freak guy. Okay. Yeah, hands down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I just got a fresh pair um, this week, so I'm pretty excited about those too. So, yeah. again, Braden, thank you so much yeah. for coming on, brother. I appreciate it. Appreciate so, it. All right, guys, we're going uh, to talk here in a bit, and then we're going to talk to our sponsors, and then we will get back shortly. Wow, what a great interview with Braden. I can't appreciate him enough for stopping in today. He was in town for a wedding, so I'm really appreciative of him taking time out of his day to come join me. He is such an amazing story. You know, for a kid who didn't really like wrestling, who wasn't even going to go out for wrestling in either high school or college, went on to become one of the greatest college wrestlers of all time in Division Three. You know, he's a prime example of you don't have to love this sport right away or any sport right away. You know, you can be 13 years old and all of a sudden this sport is becomes your new favorite thing and you can go all in like he did. I mean, the fact that he jumped in a car and traveled the state of Iowa between his junior and senior year and even after a JV season going to one of the toughest camps in the United States just shows that if you are willing to put the time in and ready to make those commitments to any sport that you want, especially wrestling, the dividends are going to pay out drastically. So for parents out there that are listening and are thinking to themselves, hey, I got to get my son or daughter into the sport early. They got to jump in it right away. It doesn't have to be that way. They just need to find the right time when this sport becomes their life and they want to excel at it. Because the way I look at it, even personally, I feel like the later you start, the later your career is going to end up, you know, you see a lot of these young bucks that are out winning Tulsa titles at six, seven, eight, nine years old. By the time that they get into college, either their bodies are beat up or their minds are beat up. But if you're starting later on in life, I think your body's going to hold up longer. And also, you know, the love of the sport isn't going to go away as fast because you are putting in the time later on in life. So for people out there that are really curious about this sport, that are still fans and think like, I got to throw my kids into this right now, take your time, let them fall in love with it, get them into beginner clubs, get them into, you know, gymnastics, get them into just competing only at their little kids tournaments at first, you know, and then see where their love is. If their love is there, they'll tell you where they want to go. You just got to just trust the process and enjoy it. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're out in Farley, make sure you guys stop at uh, Delaney's to get a big blue energy drink. This stuff is really good. So I appreciate Braden for coming in today. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll tune in next week and thanks for joining me. Before we go, I just want to thank our sponsors one more time. Big thanks to Raider Outdoor Power. Thank you guys for all the support. Thank you Lane's Custom Steel in Benton, Wisconsin. Thank you King Cuts by Anna. Thank you to Happiness on the Hill as well. If you are interested in sponsoring the podcast, please reach out in DMs at Worms Weigh-In on Instagram, and we can work out something today. Thanks.